Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I remember uh, back in college, I, I got a job in the summertime working at a dude ranch, and, and this this ranch was a big place. They had 125 horses that, that they ran, and, and they'd run you know, about that many people through every week. And uh, so in the spring or in the, in the early summer, the, the, they called us wranglers. I never liked that that uh, term, but uh, we weren't cowboys because there, there weren't any cattle. So I guess they had to have a, a name for us. But uh, we had to we had to get all those horses out and, and, and ride them first thing in the in the spring because they hadn't been ridden since the, last, the f- previous fall. And uh, those horses would get a little spicy over the wintertime, and, and some of them got pretty rank. And We'd have to get them all ridden, and man, they'd they'd come in there, and the first the first week of of guest riding them, they'd be snorting and and full of energy, and you know we'd take guests up the mountainside twice a day, and those horses that have all kinds of energy and just be moving and trucking, and and that, then as the summer wore on, you'd see those horses start to start to uh, lose a little bit of that, and and they'd start. You you just see as as the summer grind wore on, twice a day climbing up a mountain with someone on their back. They started getting tired and really irritable and and uh, kind of doggy and didn't really want to go and and I remember one morning we it, it was the end of the week it was on a Saturday the horses had been ridden all week it was in late August it was really hot toward the end of the season and and uh, saddled this big old horse up and and uh, let him out and and there was a quite a hefty gentleman that had been riding him that week and uh, this 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 fella climbed on and that horse just groaned and he laid down like a camel just with his belly right on the ground and there was nothing we could do he wasn't going to get up he said i am not going today he was just done for and uh so uh i'm feeling kind of a little bit of that myself uh i know i've talked to quite a few of my friends here this past couple of weeks and and i don't know about you guys but i don't know who's who's feeling weary uh this summer it's just it just seems like with the you know you start out and you're calving and then you're you go right into branding and then you go right into the summertime long hours and putting in long hours every day and and uh just seemed like I'm weary physically and in 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 my soul too just just from the the pressures of of life the world around us the the things that are going on and uh I know you know Kevin talked uh, during his uh his uh marriage series about the the man's curse from from Adam eating the the, the apple and that's and that's that we're just going to toil and and by the sweat of our brow and never get ahead and I kind of feel like that's this past couple of weeks that's been what's happening and uh just just because it's a curse doesn't mean I have to like it and I know that a lot of the ladies are <coughs> are worn down too from from having jobs and taking care of their families and in in the the curse that's been put upon them and so uh, what I found is that seems like when I get tired and weary, I start, I start uh, losing my diligence and, and losing the, you know, I don't read my Bible as much. I don't, I don't talk to my wife as much. I don't work on my relationships as much. And it, and it leaves an opening for the devil to come in and, and start tearing you away and start distracting you from the things that, that we should be doing in our life. And, uh, <coughs> 
so we have to figure out a way to rejuvenate. And especially like the middle of the summer, this this rain is wonderful. It's it's already been helping me because it's cool. I love this weather. This is my kind of weather. And uh, you know the the grass is greening back up, and the cattle are getting healthy again. The the pink eye and the foot rot's going away, and and uh, it's just a, a great way to rejuvenate. But but I was reading. Uh, oh, don't lose that spot. Um, when I was doing my Bible study, I came across this psalm that I really like, and it, it's Psalm 23, 1. And it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. I like that. He lets me rest in green meadows. Because when those horses at that dude ranch would get tired like that, what we'd do is we'd, we'd take them and we'd, we had a, a little, yeah, that's probably acre trap um with a with a stream going through it and it was had lush grass and we and we just kicked those horses out for a week and and just let them be and just let them rest up and let them rejuvenate let them let their tired muscles heal and and those horses just go out there and lay in that grass and and get up and eat and drink and then lay back down and and so it reminds me reading this psalm reminds me of that 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 uh, if we go to god um, as our shepherd and we follow him that's where we're going to find that meadow and that we're going to find that green grass to rejuvenate ourselves when we're weary and tired from life and uh and we can just kind of lay around with him and 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 he'll he'll take care of us and we can rest our muscles and we can and we can rejuvenate and then you know after a week those horses we'd get them right back in the string and man they were ready to go again and and they could finish out the rest of the year um so that psalm always reminds me of that uh the other one I like, when when the pressures of the world come upon us, we we tend to wanna we tend to wanna go toward the distractions and the sinful ways um, to to try to make ourselves feel better or try to try to overcome our le- lethargy 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 I think so yeah, uh, but but math in Matthew 12, uh, Jesus says verse 28 Jesus said this this Bible is wonderful I can see everything. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. What Jesus is saying is, is when we're when we're weary like that, if we go to him um, and take his yoke upon us, it's, it's a whole lot easier than the yoke of the world. He's not saying that, that when when we go to him, our labor is done. What he's saying is, is our soul will be lightened because we're gonna, we're gonna be, he, he's gonna be pulling half the load. If we get yoked with him, I, I don't know if you've ever seen oxen; they get yoked together as pairs, and uh, and when there's when there's only one in the yoke, it's a hard pull. But Jesus is saying, I'll be in the other yoke right alongside you, and and even though you're still gonna have the burdens of life and still still gonna get tired, because I'm gonna pull, I'm gonna pull part of that load for you, and. Uh, it's the only way we're going to get through it. We, uh, you see, you see people just go toward destruction when when they don't have that. They tend to when they get tired with life, they tend to lash out, and and I'm guilty of that. I tend to ignore my wife. I tend to uh, kind of just I, I'm a I'm the kind that withdraws. I I go into my shell and take care of myself, and it becomes self-preservation, and I forget about my friends and my family, and 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 uh, and it just leads down a path of destruction, and it leads me toward Toward uh, my old sinful patterns that I that I still have to fight. Um, so how do we get how do we get rejuvenated? First we go to Jesus and we say, Hey, give it up. You know, it, I've been working for years trying to give up all my stuff to Him, 
and it's hard because I'm a independent, selfish guy, and I want to hold on to all that crap. But uh, first, we got to give it up to him and, and let him let him let him help us with that load. Um, but the second, I think I lost my spot. Hang on. Luckily, this is the practice round. If I can't find it, I'm gonna have to go by memory, so you're in trouble. Um, in Exodus, um, Moses has just led led the Israelites out of out of uh, the wilderness, and they're tired, and they're worn out, and they're weary, and they uh, and they're out, and they're and they're just kind of roaming around. And and the Amalekites are a kind of a local warring tribe that that. Uh, they they find these Israelites and see them as easy prey and they and they attack them and and Moses is like God what should I do and God says send Joshua out and and uh, with his warriors and and fight them and and protect your families and and Moses is like we're just a bunch of slaves that have been out in the wilderness for for a, a long time and these guys are are warriors there's no way we can match up with them and God says well raise raise your staff in your hand and as long as you're you raise that staff, um, you can't be defeated. So Joshua takes his his crew out there, and they're fighting. And Moses climbs to the top of a hill, and he's holding up his staff. And and the Israelites are whipping the Amalekites. But but Moses starts getting tired, and 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 his hand goes down. And every time his hand goes down, then the Amalekites start whipping the Israelites. And so it's the old battle of of good versus evil. And every time. Moses gets tired and weary and, and lets down his guard, the, the evil uh, gets the upper hand. And every time he raises that staff and is diligent and is doing what God's telling him to do, the Israelites win, are winning the battle. And this is going all, on all day. And so Moses finally, I mean, he gets so tired he can't hold the staff up. Well, God helps him. And you'd think, well, God would just, you know, give him an iron arm so that he wouldn't get tired. But that's not the way God helped him. God sent uh Aaron and her up there and and they they sat Moses down on a rock and each one of them got on on each side of him and they held his arms up all day long and and because that staff was in the air the Israelites defeated uh you know one of the most fierce tribes in the area um and so not only when we're worried do we not only go to Jesus for help but but we need to go to each other for help uh and and rely on our brothers and sisters that's why we're here that's why we're a community not not just to get together and say hi and shake hands on Sunday morning and then forget about each other the rest of the week. God's plan is a lot of times when we need help, when we're tired, he's not just going to snap his fingers and give us strength. He's going to send someone to help give us strength, just like he did with Moses. And we need to be on both sides of that. We need to be willing to take that help, and we need to be willing to give it. And uh, I know I've been not real diligent about that. I've been sort of taking care of myself uh through through my weary stage and and uh, I got a wake up call and said I got to I got to help out I got to help my family out I got to help my friends out uh because there's a lot of people that are weary in this world uh with just all the pressure on them and and uh it's our job as Christians to to be there for them and and to help them out I'm going to pray God thank you so much for the moisture you've given us and the opportunity to be out here on the Long X ranch in in a fog storm and just love this Love being outside and outdoors with you and, and uh, seeing all your wondrous creation and, and all the glory that you, that you put upon us. Uh, ask for, for you to help and find all the weary souls out here that are, that are listening today and uh, help them find rest in you and, and 
help them find rest in their Christian brothers and sisters. Pardon me that that we we would be able to lift each other up and hold each other up in in our time of need and, and not abandon each other. Uh, just ask you to be with this ministry and help us do that job uh, to the best of our ability. And and we know you'll lead us down the right path. We just got to keep our hearts and minds open and uh, and be willing to listen and follow. As always, I want to I want to pray for Kevin and his family and all the all the pressures that are upon them that that they would stick together and, and get through that with your help and with our help and and uh, that we would be able to uh, continue on this ministry and, and keep it moving forward in Jesus name we pray amen good morning best day out here so far by far uh, I love it uh, if this is your first time at save the cowboy as Ty said welcome to the long X ranch uh, this is this is not save the cowboys place it's not my place this is god's place and we get to be caretakers of it and as i look out through here i, I really can't see anybody not a single person that hasn't helped in some way big or small out here and that that just i i i don't have the words adequate to say thank you but as paul always said in the beginning and end of all of his prayers, that we thank God for y'all daily. And I know I do. I know Ty does. I know Jason and Abe and Andy and and, and all the others. Gary, I, we, we, we pray for y'all every single day. And, and we are very much appreciative of that. If you have your Bibles, and if you don't want to drag them out and get them drizzled on, I understand. As always, I will I will be glad to uh, read, and you can follow along. And uh, got a couple of note takers that that I just I love seeing that. I love seeing that. That way, I can go back and ask them what I said. Um, but uh, we've been talking. You know, I've said that Save the Cowboy teaches authentic Christianity, not religion. Authentic Christianity through the legacy artistry and traditions of the working ranch cowboy and that's what we've been talking about two weeks ago we talked about legacy last week we talked about artistry and this week we're going to discuss the traditions and, and and whenever i first started this when god laid it on my heart and and it actually came from ty he 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 said that one time and, and i fell in love with it and he probably doesn't even remember saying it but i, I fell in love with that because we're not trying to turn anybody into cowboys that that's not what we're trying to do what we're trying to do is use the cowboy way of life because i could care less if you can ride or rope what i care is if you are uh following god and and we think that being the that the cowboy way of life is a great illustration of of what that is um, I've been using my time on the San Pedro Ranch. I was about 19 years old whenever I got my first ranch job. Um, you know, I, I, I like to say that I've been a cowboy in my whole life, but that's not really the case. Up until I was a, a junior in high school, I was a city kid. I, I mean, I had ridden horses and I had got on a few, you know, steers and junior bulls and stuff like that but yeah you know, I, I wasn't a working ranch cowboy until my dad got a job on the rocker b ranch and that's where i started my journey but but my journey i wasn't satisfied with working with my dad at his job i wanted to have my own deal and i got that opportunity and i went down there and i met some some uh great people uh three 
Mexican cowboys from Musquis, Mexico that absolutely changed my life. And uh, last week I started telling you that uh, I was told to be at the bunkhouse. Now, when I went down there, I didn't speak Spanish. They didn't really speak English. And my TV didn't even speak English. It, it was an uh, antenna. If you don't know what that is, kids, ask uh, somebody older than me. I've just heard about it. And um, uh, we got the radio or the TV stations came from Piedras Negras, Mexico. And so anyway, I was very out of my element. And you can go back and, and catch up on the story. You can always go to SaveTheCowboy.com right there from week to week is the previous week's clinic that we had but you can also click on previous clinics up at the top and watch all of that and i encourage you if you if you're a heathen and happen to miss and you know i'm joking you can always go back and catch up we also have a mobile app that that we update about every two weeks that has all of the sermons and now they even include uh ty's stuff on there so anyway they told me to be at the at the bunkhouse at 5:30 every single morning. And so I walked in there that first morning, and I'm going to be I'm going to be just perfectly honest. I was scared to death. I mean, my dad wasn't around. I didn't speak Spanish, and here I am, you know, like walking like as slow as I could across, you know, from from my little house to the bunkhouse. I didn't know what I was going to say to these men. Uh, I was not in their league, and I walked in there, and and all three of them were sitting there, and, and I didn't know whether to stand there. I didn't know whether to sit down. There was a big, long picnic table that, that would probably hold, oh, I don't know, probably 14 or 16 people, big picnic table, and the, the, all, the, all the rooms in the bunks were up top, and then you come downstairs, and there was a big room with a kitchen. And I sat down, and nobody spoke English, and I didn't speak Spanish. But they handed me something that we ended up eating every single morning. It became a tradition. I had never had it before. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I started going over there at 530 in the morning, and everything was always ready. And so I thought, I wonder what time these fellas get up, you know, because I got up at like 520, so I could be there by 530. And um, so I went over there at five one morning, walked in, breakfast was ready. Did that for a couple of weeks, and I thought, man, what time do these guys get up? So I went at, at 4.30, walked in. They were all, you know, buenos dias, buenos dias. You know, I'd learned a little bit of Spanish. That means good morning. And, and so I sat down, and they offered me breakfast, and, and, and I ate breakfast with them. And I thought, what time do these people get up? So, you know, that was at 4.30. I went over there one time at four o'clock in the morning and it was the exact same thing. And I thought, man, who are these people? They don't even sleep. But what they fed me every single morning was a fresh baked that morning homemade tortilla. Now, if you have never had a guy from Muskies, Mexico, get up at I don't know what time, because it's not like you pop it in the microwave, kids. This isn't a toaster strudel, okay? They mix all this stuff, and they roll it out, and, and Tomas would do the mixing, and, and Antonio would do the rolling out, and they were all perfect. And if you've ever tried to make tortillas, mine always look like Texas, because I can't get them round. But they were all perfectly round, and they were all the right size. 
and they had like this little wicker basket. Whenever I sat down that first day and the last day I was there, they slid that wicker basket over and I pulled a still warm tortilla out. And then they pushed me the only other ingredient that was in it. And it was a huge bowl of avocados. And I looked at that and I kind of looked at them and I, I didn't really know what to do. And Antonio smiled and he took out his knife and he cut that avocado in half. And then he just took that half and he just squeezed the avocado onto that tortilla and he mashed it down and put a little salt on it and he rolled it up and he ate it. And that's what we had for breakfast for months and months and months and months and months every single morning. Whenever I left that job and went back to college, I, I was just a little bit miffed because I didn't know what to have for breakfast. It, it, and and, and it, I know it sounds strange to, to eat just a, a raw avocado and, uh, you know, and I'm not talking about guacamole or, or as, as a roommate used to say, he hated guacamole and he called it Godamati. You know, he's like, I don't know why y'all would eat that, you know, but it, it was awesome. And I, and I ate that every single morning and every once in a while when we have some fresh avocados and we have some tortillas, now they're not homemade. My wife can make a mean tortilla, though. I, I, can, I can tell you that. But we cheat with a plate to make it round, or I cheat, because that's my job. I love eating that. But you see, that is one of the traditions that I miss so much. And today we finish up our series talking about the traditions of the Working Ranch Cowboy. The traditions will include taking the outside, checking the corners, It'll be, we'll talk about using our horses for daily work and even learning how to be top hands and make top hands. But those are just the surface. They are the what a cowboy does, not the why a cowboy does them. Today we will look at those whys. But here's the thing. It wasn't about the tortillas and the avocados that I miss so much. That wasn't the tradition. The tradition that I miss so much was the connection with those cowboys, of sitting there every single morning at a picnic table, not saying anything, not because we didn't have anything to say, because they didn't know how to say it, and I didn't know how to say it, but I would listen to them have conversations, and slowly I would, I would pick up words here and there, and I would use them incorrectly, and Antonio would correct me, and, and, and I really did. I missed that connection early in the morning with those cowboys. You see, that's the first tradition of the working ranch cowboy that I think that we can learn so much from is the connection. You, you know, you, you talk about, uh, you know, Tyler's here. He can tell you, you know, when you're on the rodeo circuit, you're, you're very seldom traveling by yourself. And just that camaraderie and that connection with, with other cowboys is something special. You know, most of a cowboy's life is solitary. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we do and, and I've had people come up and say that they want to be cowboys, but, but they don't ever do anything on their own. Well, th that's what a lot of cowboying is, is getting out there and doing stuff where nobody's around. Nobody's there to help you. But that connection, whenever you do, is special. You can never become who you were meant to be without that connection to other people. Because when you have that connection with other people, you have accountability. You know, I mean, when, when we go out to Roberts and we help him and, and if Robert sends 
me or Ty or Abe or, or whoever a certain way, man, he expects us to check the corners or to check that draw. And, and he's real quick to say, I need you to go down there. And the fence line is just on the other side of that hill. But you've got to ride over that hill because there's one little spot that those cattle will get. And that's the accountability that comes from connection. It makes you better because our, our, our nature is to always take the easy way out and not check the corners and, 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 and kind of cut across it and, and, and not go check that draw or, or right over the hill. We need that accountability in our lives. You know, um, I was talking to two of my best friends, not the only best friends I have, but two of the best friends that I have in this world. And, and all three of us had just one of those really, really, really tough weeks. Not that there was any one thing that went wrong, just a lot of other things. And uh, I, I'm going to be honest, uh, Ty was out here the other day, and, and something, something happened. And I was not a very good friend, and I was not a very good Christian because I snapped at him, and I snapped hard. And he took a deep breath, and where he should have just probably laid me out for what I said, he just said, well, I'm not going to say anything else. And sure enough, man, I was completely wrong, and I apologize for the way I acted because that's not the man that I want to be. But he gave me grace, and he gave me mercy. But more than anything else, he held me accountable in only a way that a cowboy can. And as hard as it was, not, not, not having to do anything with him, but as hard as it was, man, I looked him in the eye and I apologized twice for the way I acted, for the things that I said. And he had the grace and mercy to forgive me and go on. That's why we need that connection. You're not meant to do it on your own. We need that connection for accountability, for somebody to say, you know what, you're better than that. That's not the way you were meant to ride. That's not the way that you were meant to live your life. And I tell you what, man, it's hard. It's hard to swallow that pride and, 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 and not take out your own problems on, on other people, especially those closest to you, whether it's your friend or whether it's your wife or whether it's your kid or whether it's a stranger. We have to have that connection. The other reason that we need a connection is for the mentorship. And, and, and when I say mentorship, I'm talking about giving as well as receiving, of giving just as well as receiving, because I, I think our, our nature is always wanting to teach other people. And you know what? That's one reason that we have the cowboy crew on Wednesday night is, is for these people like Ty and, and, and Abe and Robert to get out here and pass along these, these legacy and artistry and traditions of the working ranch cowboy because if we don't pass that along, then they'll die with us. But at the same time, we have to have people that show up that want to say, hey, I want to ride for God. I want to come, and I want to learn to get better. We need that connection for accountability, but we need that connection for mentorship of learning and also teaching. And the other reason that we need that connection, that tradition of connection, is dependability. Dependability. Can you be depended upon? You know, um, there, there was a, uh, I talk about him all the time, Ralph Hager. He was my cowboy mentor. 
I've got a spiritual mentor, but he was my cowboy mentor growing up. And one day I happened to say that I was having a hard time, and he said some, I said something along the lines of, well, I just don't have the background. I'll never be as good a cowboy as my dad will be. And my dad's a great cowboy. And Ralph looked at me, and he said, I'll take you over your dad any day. Sure, he can outride you, and sure, he can outrope you, but I can depend upon you because you've proven it. He said, I'm not saying anything bad about your dad, but I've been with you, and I've rode with you, and I trust you with my life. That's the kind of connection that we need with each other is somebody that can say, you know what, I want to ride with you because I know that I can depend upon you, not just to get the job done. It has nothing to do with the job. It has to be there that, that when, when some, if, if and when something goes wrong, that that person can be depended upon. That's who you want to ride with is those that, that will hold you accountable and that you can hold them accountable and those that, that will, will mentor you or be willing to learn from you and those that you can depend upon and those that can depend upon you. Ty already talked about this verse and that, and I just smiled when he kind of started reading it that, that uh, uh, he, he alluded to it right along with it about, about the yoke and, and, and the burden being light and everything. Well, there's another verse that, that just kind of parallels that in Galatians 6, 2, and 5. Now, a lot of people put these two verses together, and we talked about them in our, in our deal of the old cowboy ways. But in the simplified cowboy version, this verse says, we must re- each ride our own bronx, but be there for another one another when we get bucked off. That's from Galatians 6, uh, two and five, and, and, and we should share each other's burdens but carry our own loads. It's got to be both. You can't just be a teacher without first being a student, but you can't ever be a student if you're not willing to pass it along. We need that tradition of connection with each other. And a lot of times that connection is going to be with each other. But if you can't go out and do the job on your own, if you can't ride for God when there's nobody around, you'll never be able to ride for God when others are around. We hone our skills in the, in the, in the stillness of being alone. And then we go and we hone those skills by being together. It, it's each side. It, just sharpening one side of the blade isn't going to get anything done. So how do we do that? And that's the second tradition of the working ranch cowboy the tradition of compassion. Compassion is the, is the ability to treat others kindly. You know, we don't go rope cattle out in the pasture as much as we want to sometimes. We don't go rope cattle out in the pasture in order just for fun. We're either doctoring them or helping them or doing something. Now, sometimes they may not be sick. Maybe they're fence jumpers. <laughs> Me and Ty's done that right here behind Behind where those horses are standing over there, we had a cow that wanted to go over two fences. So, so we told, we kind of taught her a lesson since she didn't speak English. We taught her a lesson the hard way that going over fences makes it really, really difficult. After we got done laying her down and petting all over her and putting her back in the right pasture, you couldn't have chased her over the fence with a hot shot. But everything we do is filled with compassion, whether they understand it or not. We do it to take care of them. The tradition of compassion, though, has an unseen element to it, 
and it's this. We can't treat others kindly. We can't treat others with compassion without first being kind to ourselves. And you know what? I think cowboys are pretty good at showing compassion to others in whatever amount that is. But you know what? You'll never be able to pass on compassion to the level with which you give yourself a break. I know that you struggle with things that have happened in the past, but we must learn to have compassion for ourselves so that we can learn how to have that compassion so that we can share it with somebody else. Compassion is the tradition of being okay with being imperfect and with others being imperfect. When your buddy is having a hard day and says something that's totally out of the ordinary, you're able to give grace and mercy. When you look over and and, and you see your husband or your wife that's having a hard day, that you can just love on them. That's what compassion is. And it's biblical. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 39, Jesus himself says, Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. You're never going to be able to love somebody beyond the level that you love yourself. And if you don't love yourself, if you don't know that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, you're never going to be able to love others. You are worthy. You are worth it. And, and, And we need to know that, that we are worthy, that we are worth it, so that we can love others and allow others to love ourselves because compassion is the key component to connection. Instead of being selfish, we learn to be selfless. It's the key to being a cowboy. It's the key to being a neighbor, to have compassion for yourself and others. There's a key component to compassion also, and that's courage, the tradition of courage. I bet nearly about 79.2% of you can give me John Wayne's definition of courage, can't you? Courage is being scared to death but saddling up anyway. I used to say that, and I still say it, but but, but let me me give you just a little bit bit different viewpoint on that. I think that's more of what bravery is. I think that being scared to death but saddling up anyway is, is about being brave because The original definition of courage comes from the Latin word cur, C-O-R, okay? Cor, cur. The original definition comes from the Latin word cor, which means heart. And it literally means in Latin, this this is the root word of courage. The Latin word cur means heart. And it's literally translated into this, to tell one's story with your whole heart. That's courage. To tell one story with your whole heart. Because it's scary to be who you really are. And who you really are is that person down deep. That's why you're sitting here. Because you felt that. That you felt God calling you to something more. But I know that that's scary because you'll get called a Bible thumper and all of this stuff. It's hard to have courage to tell somebody, you know who I am? I'm a man of God and I want to pray for you. That That's scary because you never know what they'll say. Ah, oh, you just one of them Jesus freaks, aren't you? Man, I know it's scary, but you're going to have to be able to tell your whole story with all of your heart. This means that you're going to have to be okay with being imperfect. And you know what you call somebody that's okay with being imperfect? Authentic. See, I used to be one of those people. I used to be one of those people. 
and I still am to an extent. So I'm kind of just teaching you the lesson that I'm learning, not that I have learned. We try to teach authentic Christianity through the legacy, artistry, and traditions of the working ranch cowboy. But we have to be okay with being imperfect, and that means that we should be authentic. Quit hiding who you really are. Quit hiding who you really are. And, and, and I know I've done it before, and, and not I, this, this is part of the connection. I've seen many of you, and y'all have seen it in me, that try to hide who you really are. You put on this false bravado, and, and, and you're scared to tell people that you're scared. You're scared to tell people that you messed up. You're scared to share things that, that are deep and meaningful. And, and, and I've, I've built, God has built a ministry through me of standing up in front of y'all and sharing some of the hardest times of my life. And in doing so, sharing that about our family. But that takes courage to tell your whole story with your whole heart. You have to share your story or your life, your authentic story, your authentic heart with others to have that connection. In 2 Timothy 1.7, the Apostle Paul says, For we have not been given a spirit of fear and timidity, but one of power, love, and self-control. You're either going to live a life in fear and timidity, or you can choose to be authentic, and you can live a life of power, love, and self-control. But that's not a goal to attain. It's a journey that we take. At first, I mean, you know, Ty, Ty can get up here, Dale can get up here and, and, and show y'all how to rope. And, and you're, not only are you probably, if you've never swung a rope, not only are you not going to be able to catch, the first thing that's going to happen is you're probably going to rope your head, okay? And it, and it continues to happen. I was in the open ranch roping and roped my horse's head, okay? It happens. Just because you know how to do it doesn't mean that, it, that, it, that it's not going to happen again and again. But we get better and better and better. But what happens when you put connection, compassion, and courage together? It's one of the two greatest traditions of the working ranch cowboy. And I doubt that you've ever heard this before. But it is at the heart of everything that a cowboy does. And that is the tradition of vulnerability. A cowboy knows that what makes them vulnerable is also what makes them great. A cowboy knows that in being vulnerable, it's not just what makes them great, it's what makes them beautiful. It's what attracts us to this life. Because to do something beautiful when there are no guarantees is the ultimate act of courage and connection, of vulnerability. We don't do what we do because there's a guarantee that we're going to make any money. Most of the time, it's a good year if we break even. We don't do it because there's a guarantee. It's because we love the journey. We love the compassion. We love the connection. We love the courage, the authenticity to do something, not because of a goal, but because of a journey to, dare I say, to be vulnerable to the point that you look another man in the eye and say, I love you first, and that that remains regardless of what they say back. Me and my, me and my wife have started practicing the art of saying I love you, but the other one says thank you instead of I love you too, because we've probably all been there. I love you. I know. 
What, you don't love me too? See, that's selfish. You're saying something. You're manipulating them into saying something back to you for your own gain instead of just making yourself vulnerable and looking another person in the eye, whether it's a spouse or whether it's a friend or whether it's another cowboy or maybe it's, it's somebody that you just met and just looking at them and telling them that they are worthy and saying, man, I love you, man. That's why we do what we do. It's the hardest part, but it's also the most gratifying to give love, not based on what the cow's reaction to or, or the horse's reaction, because a lot of people are resistant to that type of love. But we love not because of who somebody else is, but because of who we are. And to be authentic, you're going to have to make yourself vulnerable. In Matthew seven twelve, Jesus talks about this, and he says, in everything then, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. If you want to, if you want to receive love from somebody, that type of love, you got to be able to be, be willing to give that type of love first. But did you see the key component in that verse? And I didn't realize that till this morning studying, of making my notes. Most people can quote the golden rule: do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. But you want to know where the power of that verse is? Was in the first three words: in everything. Then. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you in everything then. And those three words, in everything then, leads to the second greatest tradition of the working ranch cowboy, and that is the tradition of hard work. This isn't about long hours of daylight till dark. It's about the willingness to do the hard things whether or not you want to do them. I mean, I, I, I think that that right there literally separates the cowboys from those that live the life and those that just want the glamour for the life. Because here's the deal. 90% of a cowboy's life is made up of the mundane tasks that nobody would like to do day in and day out. Sure, it's no big deal to go out and, and check fence one day. But when it's your job just to keep checking fence all the time, man, that gets so boring. Of People say, well, I don't really mind building fence. Well, try doing it for a living through rock. It's not fun. It, the, the novelty of it wears off really quick. To go out and check water every single day, because it's that one day that you don't that you're going to be out. But that's boring work. But that's what being a cowboy is all about, of emptying that trough out and, and, and cleaning it out so that they have clean water. If you wouldn't want to drink out of it, why would you, why would you make your, your, your stock drink out of it? I mean, I've seen Ty and his muck boots go out there to that windmill and scrape all of the moths out of the bottom of a deal because, that, because he's a cowboy. He works hard. Nobody wants to feed in the snow. I mean, you know, I'm even cold right now. Well, not cold, but, I mean, just a little bit blue. But um, no, nobody wants to feed out here in the snow. To, to take the tractor out and do that. Nobody wants to do that, but it, it, it's who we are. It's what we do. We don't do things based upon, hey, do I really feel like doing that? No, we do it because, because that's what we do. It's who we are. Nobody wants to put cows back in. Nobody wants to fix the, fix the electric fence, but we get out there and do it regardless of the emotions going through us or regardless of what's going on. Nobody wants to trim their, 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 their horse's feet. Some people do it enough that, that they make a living out of it. And how them people, that's strange to me, but I thank God for them. That way I don't have to do it. 
You know, that's what 90% of being a cowboy is, is doing things that nobody in their right mind would choose to do every single day, but they do the hard stuff regardless of how they feel. You know, that that 10% of, of roping and cool stuff that, that everybody idolizes the cowboy for, you know, riding out every day. Oh, I'd love to ride every day. Go do it for a living one time, and you'll saddle up your horse and go, oh, my gosh, the last thing I want to do today is to get on that stinking horse. And if you think, no, that wouldn't be me, <laughs> come on. Come out here, do an internship where you saddle up every single day. And, and, and I'm not talking about riding the good horses. I'm talking about riding the, the, the sorry ones sometimes because that's part of it too. The roping and the cool stuff that you think makes a cowboy is actually just the tip of the proverbial cowboy iceberg. It's just what people see. But the, but the foundation is all of that stuff that we do that nobody wants to do. Working daylight until dark is easy. What's not easy the hard work is this, taking care of your family the way they need to be taken care of, not just what makes you feel good, of not being selfish but loving selfless, of giving that cow that kicked you in the leg a break because you were trying to doctor for foot rot. I mean, you, you're trying to help something out, and you know, I mean, if you've ever doctored a dog or something and they try to bite you, uh, of being able to give them a break. It's hard to do, but, it, but it's, it's even twice as hard to give somebody a break that's your friend that snaps at you or your, or your wife that's having a hard time or your husband that's having a hard time. Can't we, shouldn't we give them more of a break? God gives us a break all the time of doing things. The hard work is doing things you know you should do, even though it's the last and the least thing that you want to do. That's the tradition of hard work. Not daylight till dark, not how many bales of hay you can move or how strong you are or how far you can ride. It's about being willing to do the hard things in life that will get you where you want to be, not the easy things. Anybody can do an easy thing. Also in Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14, Jesus talks about that hard work. He says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and easy that leads to destruction. You keep taking the easy way out, Anybody can do that, and that way leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. Man, the way of this world is to take the easy way out, to do only the things that you like doing, not the things that you need to do. The things that you need to do are all hard, but the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. The narrow gate that way of life is hard. It's steep. It's narrow. It's tough. It requires diligence. But it also, it, it, you have to have that connection, that accountability, the dependability. You have to have that connection. You have to have that compassion. You have to have the courage. You have to be vulnerable. You have to set yourself out there. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it are many, for the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. The traditions of the working ranch cowboy are connection, compassion, courage, vulnerability, and doing the hard things, not because you want to, but because it's only by doing that can you become who you truly want to be, who God made you to be. Let's pray. 
Father, we have been slacking. I've been slacking. All of these working ranch cowboy traditions that make us who we are, who you have called us to be, are the things that we've just been avoiding. God, help me to grow and help that cowboy or cowgirl listening today to grow and prosper through these traditions. God, light a fire within all of us and let your light shine that we may grow closer together and be able to finish the race that we've started. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Have you ever dreamed of being a cowboy? Do you long to ride for the brand? If you're one of those rare individuals, then we at Save the Cowboy have something just for you. We believe that you are capable of more than you ever imagined. We are offering you the chance to ride for the Lord and save the Cowboys Long X Ranch. We can show you how to be stronger, go further, and ride harder than you ever thought possible. And you know what? We just happen to have a spot for a cowboy. You ready to saddle up? A Long X Ranch cowboy is a person wanting to take their relationship with God to the next level. Our cowboys strive to live a life worthy of their calling and help save the cowboy gather the lost and bring back those that have strayed away. Are you ready to take the outside? If so, go to SaveTheCowboy.com and sign up today. We'll be waiting on you.